So the Packers and Texans wrap up their two days of joint practices yesterday. Two very different opinions on the success or value uh, of those practices by head coach and starting quarterback. Matt LaFleur, well, he, and I don't know if this factors into the timing of it. So the, the one went first, one went the other. So I don't know if this was a, you know, one was on the other side of the practice field. My point is I don't think they knew what the other was saying, which you could argue was even worse because why wouldn't the Packer PR or why wouldn't the coach and quarterback say, before we talk to the media, let's make sure we have the same message. So that's a little confusing to me that they would have different opinions. But LaFleur was first asked about it, raved, loved it, said it was an incredible couple of days, said it was great for the team. And in fact, LaFleur even went so far as to say he could see in the future there being not one team, but two teams the Packers do this with, that he is going to work next season, assuming he's still the head coach, and Mm -hmm. I hope he does, that is, because that means the Packers have a good season, that next summer he wants to do two different teams. Uh, as far as joint practices. So that's LaFleur's take. I get it, right? You don't want to keep hitting. You want to don't hit your own guys. You know, you get sick of running the same plays over and over and over against your teammates. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to beat up or tackle your teammates for 30 straight days. So you want to, you want to, you want to break it up. You want to, you want to try, you want to break up the monotony. So I get LaFleur's point. Well, then comes Aaron Rodgers' point. Mm -hmm. He says, quote, I wouldn't mind, he says, uh, after 14 years of doing training camps, this is his 14th training camp, Rogers said, I wouldn't mind if we don't have another joint practice for another 14 years, i.e. I hated it. So you have LaFleur on one side says, quote, absolutely 100% I want to do this again. On the other side of the field, star quarterback says, I wouldn't want to ever do this again. Now, I will argue why I get what both said. I would completely agree with whether they agree or disagree privately or publicly. They probably shouldn't go to the media with different takes on it. Even if Aaron Rodgers hates it and Matt LaFleur loves it or vice versa, even if every, even if Rodgers is speaking for the entire locker room and he's just saying what everyone's feeling but nobody else has the, the stones to say it, you would still think whether it's LaFleur or Goody Kunst, or whoever their head of PR is, say, look, guys, when if you're asked about this practice, here's what you need to say. The fact that they have completely... Di- I don't think it's Rodgers trashing his coach, but I do think it's Rodgers and Lafleur not being anywhere close to on the same page, which to me is a bit problematic. Yeah, I mean, is it a pro- Like, it's practice, though. I don't... <laughs> How many years did the Packers not do this? 14. Aaron, yeah. Mike McCarthy never did it. Like 14 did, years. And we've seen them win a lot, right? We've seen them go to the playoffs eight straight years. We've seen them get to the Super Bowl. We've seen them go to NFC Championship games, and it hasn't been an issue. And then they try to do something new, and I can see the players like expressing why they didn't like it because Rodgers was getting in people's faces. You had that Lonnie Johnson Jr. Right. you know, hitting Jay Sternberg. You had other guys chirping and whatnot. J.J. Watts breaking kids' bikes. So, not that that matters. But... I can see the players being disgruntled out there, but what's what's LaFleur going to say? LaFleur's not going to be, like, throwing other people under the bus because it wasn't kind of his idea. So he's not going to go back and, and say, this was terrible, this was a bad idea. That's a bad look for him then. He's got to back it. Right. Rodgers, he's always going to complain about something, but I think a lot of players are probably going to feel that way. When you see your guys getting chirped and hit by other guys that you don't have any control over, it's probably going to irk you, especially in training camp. Here, I'm going to do you a solid, Ebo and Nelson. Uh, I'll just put this, or I'll, why don't you put this um, out on the Twitter? And I don't—is it just as simple as do you think Aaron Rodgers is a whiner, 
or <laughs> a malcontent or do you think he's a diva uh, or do you, or do you think this is or is, or is the national media cuz oh my god did you know the, did the NFL lives of the world did did ESPN just have a a field day with it and look what ESPN has is a lot of ex great players right so and I that's why you have like when you when you have you know when I did play by play I was the play by play guy I described the action and then I had a color commentator who was an ex player who would break down the play that we just witnessed right so you and the 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 better the player was I felt like the better you know that the color commentator the guy was like I think you know one of the best I've ever worked with is our guy Jason Subtle he's incredible Subtle. um played in the NFL played in the Big 10 he's, he's the guy like you could just learn so much sitting with the guy talking football for an hour so I get why they have the ex players on but it's like it ranges all over the place of people's reactions yes. to what Rodgers and LaFleur said I totally again I don't have a problem with what either of them said my problem would be Shouldn't they be on like? Shouldn't there be a wavelength check in Green Bay? Of like, <laughs> because now look at this. If you go to ESPN.com, you click on the NFL tab. Guess what the the first uh, headline is? Jaguars losing uh, starting linebacker for season. Second headline: Rogers Lafleur different on joint practice. Yeah. So now, what? Guess what that means for Matt Lafleur today at practice when he when he has to address oh, the media. Well, how come you and Rogers aren't on the same page when it comes to these joint practices? Guess what's the first question that Matt? Not, it's not going to be about you know how's the running back position looking, or it's not going to be uh, are you going to fix the tight end position, or it's not going to be who replaces Jason Spriggs. Now the first question Matt Lafleur is going to get is. What's going on with you and Aaron Rodgers? Yep. That's the problem I have. I, if Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to say, look, I've done this 14 years. I don't want to do it. Matt LaFleur is a first-year head coach. All the excitement in the world. Of course he has the right to say this is awesome. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is that neither one of these guys are on the same page. Yeah, I feel you on that. And we'll get to some more comments. I got a couple comments from Rodgers on the floor. We'll break it down, Joe. I'll put that poll up. All right. Uh, 608-321-1670. Your reaction to this. Uh, does this bother you? Does this because there are going to be some that will now characterize Aaron Rodgers as a as a malcontent? He is a clubhouse cancer or a coach killer. If you believe the you know the Nelsons of the world that he wanted he wanted McCarthy out of there, well Matt Lafleur hasn't even coached a game yet, and Rodgers is already undermining his head coach. Or do you say, dude, to quote the great Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice. Practice? Who gives a rip? About what practice? What the Packers think about their practice with the Texans for two hours for two days? We welcome in our buddy Cody Grant. Good morning, Code. Good morning, guys. How you doing, Cody? I am doing great. How what are up, you, brother? Doing pretty good. Doing uh, pretty Cody, good. I don't know if we ever asked you this. Uh, we had Ebo and I had this as a, uh, a a poll question two weeks ago. Um, do you consider two games winning a winning streak, or is it a third game for what? What constitutes a winning streak for you in sports? Uh, in baseball, I would say a three-game winning streak, but it's good to see the Brewers win two in a row. It hasn't happened in how long now? <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to see. We've been doing this a lot, Cody. You're, 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 you're picking up what I'm putting down. That was the question. Uh, because I said this to Ebo earlier. Look, the Cubs, look, it was terrible. You know, losing a couple in, in, in Oakland, you don't like it. But at the end of the day, if they win today, Cody – it's a four and five road trip. If you had told me two weeks ago they're going to basically be five hundred on this road trip, you'd probably take that as a Brewer fan, wouldn't you? 
Absolutely. I mean, Oakland's a great team out in the AL, and of course the Cubs, they always give the Brewers troubles, especially at Wrigley Field. You'll take that on a road trip. And I know you guys talked about it yesterday, saying is this you know season over almost, or the Brewers done. It's far from over. There's 48 games left in the season. They're three games out of the NL Central. So they got plenty of time left. We all know what happened last year when they got swept by the Pirates right before the All-Star break. Now, granted, that is earlier than where we are right now, but there's still plenty of baseball to be played, and they play the Cubs how many more times? you got two more series against them. So yeah. it's far from over. I understand the problems they have with their offense and their pitching. Zach Davies now on IL, so they're missing three of their five starting pitchers. They don't even have the starting rotation they have from the beginning of the season. But, you know, their bullpen does all right last night. Chase Anderson gets a nice outing. Uh, they scored just enough runs without Yelks in the lineup. I mean, this team has a lot of talent. It's far from over. Hey, Cody, have you any uh, heard any update, anything on Lorenzo Cain and that foul ball he took off his kneecap? Yeah, Craig Council said he's going to be day-to-day, and Kane said he hopes to play today. So it's nothing serious. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that looked painful, my man. Ouch. Oof. Yeah, it always looked bad. Yeah, you, you guys ever play a little league, ever get hit in the knee like that off a foul ball? Yeah, it doesn't feel oh. good. I got hit in the nuts one time no. when I forgot to wear my cup when I was a catcher. <laughs> Not good. I, I never wore my cup, and I'm luckily to have wow. still Bold. my Dude, boys I'm telling you, because... the one day the one day I forget it, it was like, you know, the foul ball but went straight to the ground and then bounced up right to the goodies. Didn't feel it good. To, it, it was hard to run with that on. You know? uh, Cody, to, to quote the great uh, movie Dodgeball, that's a bold strategy, Cotton, <laughs> to uh, to play baseball with no cup. Hey, Cody, let me ask you one more thing quick on the Brewer, or two things. Uh, Keston Hira, can he hit his way out of this little funk he's in? And what do you know about Drew Pomeranz pitching tonight for the Pirates or for against the Pirates? Oh well, Keston here is a professional hitter, so of course he will. You know, Christian Yelich had a little slump there going as well, and he goes and hits two home runs in the same game. So Hero will be just fine. And then as for Drew Pomeranz, uh, he's going to be the initial out getter, as Craig Council likes to put it. They're going to have a bullpen day because uh, Zach Davies was lined up to start this game, and because of his injury, uh, Pomeranz. So I don't expect him to go more than like two innings. Uh, Cody, final thought on, on the Brewers then, and, and then I want to switch your attention to Packers. I know you're up there. Um, you know, we, and I, we talked about this last time you were with us, you know, you get, you know, hopefully a winnable game today and then three at home with the Rangers. You look at the schedule starting on Tuesday next week through, you know, the, through Labor Day weekend, they don't play a team below 500. And in fact, they don't play a team that's not either one of the best or in the wild card for the next month. I mean, this this has got to be you know we always Ebo and I do this exercise every day. Well, is, is, the, is the series against the Cubs going to decide it, or is this road trip going to decide? I mean, we'll clearly know by the end of this month based on playing the Cubs and Cardinals basically fifteen times. Sprinkle in the the Twins and uh, and the Astros. I mean, th- this is this is nut cutting time here in the next three weeks, right? Oh yeah, it's a really rough schedule going forward for the Brewers, and yeah, we're gonna know. But like I said, like that's why I say it's way too early to tell now where the season is going because three games out, forty-eight games left to play. There's still plenty of baseball left, and you guys know watching baseball your whole lives. It's just a weird game. I mean, uh, the Brewers they go what was that nine and eighteen against below five hundred teams that stretch before the All Star break. They come back, they take two or three from Atlanta. They take three or four from Arizona to playoff caliber teams. So they prove they can beat the good teams. I mean, they just a few weeks ago, they took the Cubs out at Miller Park, two out of three. So it, it just baseball is a weird game. It's a, it's a weird sport. You need some things to go your way. And unfortunately this season, that magic that was there in 2018 hasn't been there for the Brewers, all the injuries, offense struggling. So it, it's going to take uh, much better effort and much better execution moving forward. But 
Uh, there's no reason to believe they can't do it. I'm not saying they will. I mean, I still think it's going to be the Cardinals division or the or the Cubs division as of right now. I don't think the Brewers are winning this division, but uh, it, it's it's too early to say. All right, let's uh, head up to Green Bay because obviously the story of the day is uh, you know the comments from from Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur on, on differing on on the practice. You were there uh, for day one of these joint practices. What was your vibe? Do you feel like it was uh, you know a success? Did uh, you know? Do you buy LaFleur's, you know, there's going to be more of these in the future, or you buy more of Rodgers of, you know, it's kind of a dud. We don't really get to show our offense. You know, we got to play, you know, basically, you know, vanilla, and and it's a waste of time. Yeah, well, it's Matt LaFleur's decision moving forward, right? So if he wants to have these joint practices, I think they're going to have them. But I like what Aaron Rodgers said. I think he has a very good point, because when you talk about doing these joint practices with other teams, they're not going to show their hand to the Houston Texans on August 5th. They're not going to show those new schemes. And Rodgers even said he is very excited to uh, do all these new plays, all these new schemes. And he talked about the practices previous before the joint practices with the Texans and how he feels like they were hitting their stride and they were learning the new plays and they look good. But when you're going up against the Texans in a joint practice, they're not going to show much. They're going to be very simple, very basic. And then Rodgers also talked about the injury factor. On Monday, Trevor Davis got hurt in a kick return. Jay Sternberger took a huge hit uh, from that defensive back, the rookie. Um, can't remember his name. Yeah, right Lonnie now, Johnson. How big was that? Yeah, hit? Lonnie Johnson. How big was it that was, hit? It was it was dirty. Uh, he, he he came over the middle and uh, Sternberger's helmet flew right off, and then he flexed over him as well. And then um, you know it, it started this huge scrum right in the middle of the field. And you talked to every Packer player in the locker room after that, and they were all extremely upset with. Uh, what uh, Smith did or Johnson did because, um, you know, it just was uncalled for. LaFleur said that's not going to happen. We're not going to do anything like that. So it was unexpected. Uh, Sternberger took the high road. He said it was just football, but his teammates were there backing him up. Uh, yeah, and then uh, d- d- yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, Cody, that Johnson didn't even practice. I, that had to be a no, yeah, saving, saving of his life move by, you know, the, uh, the Texans coaches there. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, because I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers had a little target on his back uh, coming into Tuesday. I mean, you know, a little chip block, a little pick play on, on, a, on a receiving play. But I don't know. Yeah, it was uncalled for. I, I, I didn't like it. Packers locker room didn't like it. LaFleur didn't like it. So, you know, they're going to move on from it, obviously. But we'll see Thursday night what happens. So, Cody, what was the vibe like for just camp in general? Was everyone upbeat, positive? Was it, you know, a lot of energy? How was it looking up there? Yeah, you know, I was only there for the one day on yeah. Monday, and, yep. and like I said, it, you know, it was the offense didn't look great. You know, um, Rodgers went over three to Devontae Adams on these wheel fade routes. Uh, Geronimo Allison dropped a pass over the middle. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling dropped a pass over the middle. Uh, Danny Vitale was awesome. He looked very good. Uh, he's a fullback that played tight end at Northwestern. Uh, he can catch balls downfield. I think he's going to be a big part of their offense. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, of course, were held out. Kevin King. Uh, he got hurt as well. Oh God! Uh, Please don't Gary say that name, uh, Cody. That Kevin I, I, King's I, becoming a four-letter word in Wisconsin. <laughs> if you say the name you Kevin know, King, he gets hurt. If Kevin King was healthy, I don't think people would be looking back at that T.J. Watt trade with as much animosity towards Brian Gutekunst. But it, it hasn't worked out for them, that's for sure, as of right now. Um, but they they had some. Uh, the defense looked pretty decent, but offensively in. Back to Roger's point, they're not going to do much. They're not going to show much. So you really can't take a whole lot from it. All right, a final thought, Cody, before I let you go. And, you know, it's kind of like the the, the final nail in my guy T-squared's uh, reign as Teddy Packers Thompson. GM. 
because, you know, we had the 2015 draft, which has now basically been purged from, you know, erased from existence, to quote the great Doc Brown from yep. Back to the Future. And now we're, we're moving on to the 2014 draft because Jason Spriggs, who is not only a second-round pick, but a pick that the Packers gave up a third-round pick to trade back into the second round to get, mm-hmm. has been mired with injuries and inconsistent play, cut yesterday. Um, I mean, the state of the Packers roster, you know, we look at, because we always have this discussion, right, every year with the Packers. Is it the lack of playmakers or is it the lack of coaching? Um, I think we got, you know, another answer here because here's another recent draft pick. We're just talking three years ago that's already been been jettisoned now by the new regime. Yeah, and when Spriggs was drafted, you know, he had all this athletic upside and he just never really panned out. And uh, his first season, he didn't even play any at tackle because he had Balaga Bakhtiari and then so he played a lot of guard and then he was injured in 2017 and then uh, he played some guard and some tackle and last season and he was just just not good I mean he, he was a liability on that offensive line and and it's time to move on from him and Gutenkunst looks like he's just completely wiping the slate clean of Ted Thompson draft picks because that's what he's done since he's really been in Green Bay. It's you know what it's like, Cody. It's like you know when when Marty McFly had the picture of his brothers and sisters, and they started slowly erasing. <laughs> it's like Ted Thompson's got a team photo of all his draft picks, it's and like every day goes by, there's like half of Jason Spriggs' legs, and then it's his arms, and then like another guy just vanishes off Ted's you know uh, draft pick team portrait. Hey, you know what though? He did draft Aaron Rodgers, so we can forgive uh, hey, him, right? I've said he he could have retired <laughs> after that draft pick. He still belongs in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. He brought the Packers to the Super Bowl, but after that, it's been all downhill from there. That's why he's no longer the GM. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Cody. Thanks a lot, guys. See you, buddy. There he is. Follow him on Twitter no, at uh, Cody Grant. Get back to the uh, Packer situation. we got to get to this. Uh, you can now, this newest gambling thing is amazing. I'm still uh, trying to figure it out. It, it's a, Yeah, it, there's a learning curve. I was experimenting with it a little bit last night, so we'll get to that coming up. Nothing and, wrong uh, experimenting. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, we're also trying to fill in the top 10 list of best-selling liquors in the United States. Uh, we have three left, Ebo. We have not yet named number three, number four, or number eight. We do have a message. This comes from, I'm just going to say I don't care, the HR department. HR? They're yeah. wondering. Nice to see they're taking care of business. Oh, yeah. I mean, they listen to the best show like ever to grace the airwaves Appreciate in the history it. of radio. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of choices in this building. I'm glad they yeah. picked ours. I, I, don't you feel comfortable or like, don't you feel honored knowing the fact that airwaves are traveling in space and aliens are listening to us years from now, wondering, my God, these people peaked in 2019. Um, no, but she's, uh, they say, I should say, Hennessy. Uh, I was stunned by this one, you know, especially since we didn't have some, you know, no tequilas on the list. We already had a couple of whiskeys, uh, but yes. Hennessy, number four that's, on the list. 40, or excuse me, $31 million that's crazy. in sales in 2018. Hennessy. So well done, HR. I, I, I can honestly say I've never bought a bottle of Hennessy. And if you're doing my payroll check right now, have some Hennessy and add a zero to this week's paycheck. Uh, mine as well. Thank so, you. There you go. I'll buy oh. you a Hennessy if you uh, do that as well. <laughs> yeah, you add a couple zeros to my paycheck this week, HR. Hennessy. You can have all the bottle freaking Hennessy you want. Get that Henny. Uh, 608-321-1670. Uh, we have this Twitter poll question up, Ebo. Is Aaron Rodgers a whiner? Uh, the latest one coming yesterday after the questioning of the practice, the joint practice. 58%, by the way, of that Twitter poll saying no uh, Aaron Rodgers is not a whiner. Do what did you vote? I voted 
in this in this situation, I voted yes. Oh, I was gonna vote no, man. but I voted yes. I knew you'd call. I well, knew listen, you it's the optics it. of it, man. I I don't really care at the end of the day. But when you have a brand new head coach who's trying to win a PR battle, trying to win hearts and minds of his players, and then you have a quarterback who makes an exorbitant amount of money, way more than his head coach, who's been there, done that, who's known to be a diva, who's known to kind of like you know get at odds with this with this coach. I don't mind the fact that he doesn't like it, but when you're in the public and you have a new head coach who just said he loved it, and you come out to say that you don't like I, it and don't want to do it for another 14 years, like. Just play along with the game of your head coach. And then, you know, when the public and the media is not around, be like, yo, let's not do that again. Yeah, the optics are bad. Yeah, the optics are bad. So it's not a good look. You're already at odds with your head coach. I know it's trivial and meaningless, but still, it's not a good look. Uh, What's up, Conrad? All right, so here's the deal. I really want to get to this Aaron Rodgers thing, but did you say, Joe, that there is no tequila on the list or no one's guessing? No, no tequila on the list, uh, which is stunning. Apparently, we don't like margaritas or lime and salt enough in this country. That is a that's a hard one to. Uh, yeah, I'm stunned I'm, by that. I'm stunned. Yeah, no, no doubt. I wouldn't even know. I'd have to relook at your list then before I guess. Because I was going to go either. Well, Jose Cuervo would have been like, I don't even like it, but I figured, gosh, <laughs> that's got to be there. Right. And and Patron is like, I would you know drink it like when I wake up in the morning. So it's <laughs> like you know. But anyway, um, back to this Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, as I was, I had an opinion, and then I, I got to hearing you guys. I'm on hold and I'm listening. You know, it almost seems like Aaron just being very forthright. You know, in years past, if he was at his locker and he was asked a question, and it was maybe like, I wonder how he really feels about it, because he's not really giving us anything to chew on, but he'd give like a sly remark and a grin, and everyone's like, ha, 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 you know, Aaron's being Aaron. This almost seems like I could could not do this again for 14 years. He put it right out there. So I kind of am wondering, is this the kind of culture that LaFleur is putting out there to Aaron and say, hey, tell him what you think. You know, I mean, right now, all of a sudden, boom, right in training camp, he's telling us what he thinks of what's going on. He could have been old Aaron, oh, yeah, this is fine, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, maybe actually, maybe this is good. I don't know. That's all I got. Later, boys. See Thank you, Conrad. Conrad. Yeah, two things. Uh, I am. We said this earlier, Evo. I am stunned that there's no tequila on this list. Same. I mean, it's a staple. You know, alcohol. A margarita is a staple drink in American in the American bar scene. Don't they say tequila makes your clothes fall off? Don't people like to get naked and start the revolution? <laughs> um, it's it's a very good very good theory. Um, so yeah, Conrad, I'm stunned by that. And then here's the thing. I don't know if it's specifically that, but I will say this as far as the Rogers comments. We, you know, we always get mad when players give the canned answers, right? That players or coaches, like press conferences, are so mundane, and when when media availability is so mundane, because we all want them to say what we're all thinking, like, yeah, I want to kick their ass, yeah, or man, that guy. I'm ten times better than that guy, He's a douche. But they never say it. They always give that. Well, they're they're a great team, and uh, you know, we're gonna try our hardest, and uh, you know, we're we're really working hard to be a good team. So. Aaron Rodgers probably spoke whatever any of us would be like, dude, practice sucks. We hate it. And now he's getting crushed for giving the can for giving the truthful answer. But if he just gave some, you know, churched up, oh, you know, the, uh, the Texans are a great team and, uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for them, you'd be like, blah. Mm-hmm. So can you, can, I mean, are we, are, we, are we swinging this thing both ways? I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But when you have a, 
the, the optics of it is just a little weird. When you have a new head coach, like I said, trying to win the hearts and mind, the PR battle, and Aaron Rodgers trying to, you know, win his PR battle too of looking like a diva the past year. Play the game. Just play along a little bit. And then you got LaFleur out there also saying that the offense has been chugging dong lately. Like, the offense has not been looking good. And then Aaron Rodgers is out there saying that he never wants to do this again. It kind of paints the picture of, well, you're even really trying in practice? Well, and that's there's that, too. Because the effort, LaFleur was talking right. about the effort has not been there for the offense, and they've looked bad. And then you have him saying, I hope we never do this again for 14 years. Right. Not that good of a look. And that, look, I don't have a problem with it because you don't want to practice. You don't want to give away your secrets. But yes, is it coincidental? You and I have said many times in the show, there's no such thing as coincidences. Is it coincidental that on the same day Rodgers is criticizing joint practices, his head coach is blasting the offense? Could it be perceived as the head coach didn't like it, so Rodgers is like, well, you don't think I'm playing good? I think your practices are stupid. You know, could it be perceived as one of those type of deals? I mean, if if I wanted to go down that rabbit hole and really piss off the Aaron Rodgers stands, I would do it. At the end of the day, though, you know, the floor says absolutely 100% I want to do this again. He likes it. And Rodgers, I like when players are candid. I like when they actually say what's on their mind. It's a breath of fresh air. In this situation, though, when you have a new head coach who literally said he loves it and they want to do it again, and then and then bags on the offense of saying how there's no effort, how they look bad, and then you go out there and say – I didn't like it. I don't ever want to do this again for 14 years. You got to know your surroundings, right? You want to go down a rabbit hole? How about the rabbit hole that Aaron Rodgers is turning into an older Brett Favre where they don't want to go to training camp and they don't want to do these things? I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not an unreasonable assertion. But when you're a guy like Aaron, to defend Rodgers in this case, when you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers, do you really, let's say LaFleur is not a first-year head coach. Is this really even a story? No. Rodgers is just like. Not at all. Does Rodgers even need to do this stuff? He need, I know you got to set an example and get a connection with your guys and rapport, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Right. You know, like, I don't care if he plays in a preseason game. He doesn't do that. I know for this practice stuff, it's just him going through the motions probably. He's, he's an amazing, incredible player. Once, come, once week one hits, well, they'll be fine. Well, that's the same thing with Favre, but wasn't Rodgers, especially when he was younger in his career, like the anti-Favre? I don't want to be like him. Yeah, that's Wasn't a, he yeah, very that's vocal? How many of us, Nelson, when we're 21, say I'm never going to grow up to be like my dad? And then twenty years later, you're your dad. So that, that, that's like that's like dog psychology one hundred and one. I'm never gonna end up like him. Then you got three kids, and you're sitting on the couch, and you're going, "Damn, I am my dad." So that I, I that but the, hey, the, I ain't divorced. I don't have any kids. I ain't my dad yet. You still, it ain't over yet, soldier. Uh, Derek, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Eric. Oh, what's great. up, man? Oh, we're hanging in there. Hanging in there. Been a long time since I've been here, but you know. Yeah, where the hell good, you been, bro? To be it's back, nice to hear Eric. you. Well, I've had had some issues here and there, and hey, well, I'm glad you're back, brother. Running around doing my thing. Is Aaron Rodgers a whiner? Is grass green and the sky blue? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Come your on, answer boy. is yes. Aaron Rodgers is a whiner. Well, I'll tell you what. I was one of the few people I said giving this guy a long-term deal was a mistake. I was right you there with him, you. You should have let right him play 18 and 19 and see what happens. I mean, obviously, this isn't a deal breaker and this isn't a mess up. But I mean, if this is the way he's going to whine all season, and he doesn't, and if he doesn't end up getting along with Matt Lafleur, well, that's two coaches he didn't get along with. So just putting it out there. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Just putting it out there. But uh, hopefully, hopefully he gets it all together and we play some solid football and. Since we got rid of uh, our backup right tackle, hopefully he's got a couple tackles on the roster. 
who can back up Blog if Bloggy gets hurt again. Keep the man, keep twelve straight up upright and uh, healthy, and we should be okay. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Th- thank you, Eric. I uh, appreciate the phone Ooh, call. Go we ahead. have a guess for the liquor list. Yeah. This comes from Alex Kugzy Bear. I, th- I think I said your handle right. Kugzy Bear says, at Ebo says, my handle. What about Jägermeister? Yeah, again, Nelson had guessed that during the commercial break, too. And much like the, um, the Fireball and the Dr. McGillicuddy's, you think about your classic staple bar shots, the Jäger bomb, but apparently we don't consume enough shots. Because those are more shooting drinks than mixing drinks. Jägermeister did not make those. I will tell you, it's they're per, you're, you're all gonna go. Oh my god, that's so obvious. These are these aren't like this isn't a natural light or a Keystone light like that yesterday, the one, where light. there were two on the top ten list. We were like, what? These when you hear these names, you're gonna be like, this is com- oh that's so Quick obvious. Guess, since everyone's parents had it in high school, UV. Uh, no. Another good UV. Guess. No UV. UV blue reminds me of high school. I mean, I didn't say that. No, they are good. Blue, red. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. UV blue and some Mountain Dew, baby. At senior year all over again. Uh, all right, 608 1670. We're still looking for number three. Oh, we've not got number three. Number three and number eight. All right, we're fighting for legalized sports gambling in this state, right, Evo? Every day. This isn't exactly the win we're looking for, but it is something that you can gamble on. And in Wisconsin, you could definitely make some jelly beans on it. All right, again, uh, looking for number three and number eight on the list of top ten selling liquors uh, in America in 2018. And I will tell you that, you know, yesterday there were some stunners on the top ten beer list. These aren't You'll you'll be like, oh, that makes total sense. It is somewhat stunning to me that there was no um, tequilas on this yeah, that's, list. That's crazy. And that you know, bar staples like a Jägermeister or a Fireball or a Dr. McGillicuddy was also not on the list. But think bigger picture. Don't pigeonhole yourself to just like you know uh, a college bar shot, two for one shots, or a Badger Saturday tailgate. Think big <sighs> picture liquor. What about a Svedka? Uh, Svedka is not. On the top ten, I think that was more like 2013, 2014. Because remember, their advertising they had like this weird, like and like robot looking chick. You remember that? She was like silver, white, and blue. What no. about some Tech Nine that? Malibu? Tech Nine? That'd be one fifty one. No. Malibu, no wild turkey. Pineapple. Uh, Malibu was that that that, that star did burn. That's bright. called Caribou Lou. Get you loose. Uh, all right. This is incredible. This uh, tweet that I retweeted right? last night. Oh, um, th- go ahead. There's one staring us right in the face. Crown Royal. You got it. It's, I mean, it's way Dude. too obvious. I mean, We're talking about Royal. that the other day. Is there nothing more? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's nothing that makes me roll my eyes more when I see someone at the liquor store or wherever and they go, they go to pay for something, and they bring out the Crown Royal purple bag that's full of change and freaking cat or whatever. You look like a dummy. What are you doing working on a, a Crown Royal man purse? Well, I can tell you this. You're married. You know what I'm talking about? Of course, but I'll, I'll do you one better. Please tell me you didn't do that. No. Um, you're married, so you have no need to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the world of uh, a, a gentlemen's clubs, uh, you, the slang term you may know it as a strip club, uh, many oh, strippers will carry their tips around in a Crown no, Royal bag. So, 
dumb looking. Uh, Crown Royal third, thirty-two million dollars in sales. So, and then there was one. We're down to one spot left. The eighth best-selling liquor in America. Six oh eight, three two one sixteen seventy. We're not getting sports gambling yet, but I have found. I guess maybe the next best thing in Wisconsin. I'll explain here momentarily. Uh, Gavin, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Boys, how are we living this morning? What's Large up, Sergeant in charge, Gav. How are you? Oh, uh, Evo. Football in one day, brother. Yeah, full I love it. It's beautiful. Preseason I games, I, Gav, including your Green Bay Packers tomorrow night. Uh, I, I can't wait, Joe. Hey, I, I got something for you after my, uh, my alcohol guest here. So, guys, I'm going to go a little bit uh, different uh, uh, take here. So one of my favorite drinks, guys, the dude abides, the white Russian. I'm going to go with Kahlua. Is that on there? Ooh. A solid guess. Who doesn't love spiking their coffee with a little Kahula for that hair of the dog? But uh, negative, uh, Gavin. No Kahula on the top ten. Ah, it's too bad. There, guys. Hey, I wanted to do a little uh, 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 fun activity here with you guys. So in honor of Jason Spriggs being cut yesterday. <laughs> he gone. I was wondering if we could do this specifically for Joe. I know he'd love to do this. I wonder if we could look at, like, the last three drafts of Ted's and see not not just how many impact guys we've got left, but just how many guys in total that we have left from those drafts. God. Um, well, there's I none from the 2015. I wonder if we could do that, guys. Uh, no you guys have a good one, and uh, go, Pat, go, boys. You tell him, Gavin. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, thank brother. you, Gavin. I don't know how this, this uh, came to be. But it was a e yikes kind of thing. No right. one is left from 2015. So yes, Ted Thompson's last three drafts: 2015, completely void; 2016, Spriggs now gone. You, do, I mean, to give Ted some credit, Kenny Clark, pretty good pick. He's still there. Beast. Kyler Fackrell. Sackrell. Kind of jury out, but he had. I mean, the way he finished the season. Blake Martinez, obviously, you know, one of the best tacklers in the NFL. Dean Lowry just got a massive deal. Trevor Davis. He's still there, and Kyle Murphy's technically still there. So Spriggs is the only guy that didn't make from 2016. So he's got six of seven still on the roster, including a pro bowler in Clark and three competent players in Fackrell, Martinez, and Lowry. 2017 would be his final one. I think we all now can say Kevin King was a disaster uh, over T.J. Watt at at, at number one. Josh Jones, a disaster at number two. Uh, Montrevious Adams, this is a make or break year for him. He's listed as the starter right now. Uh, Vince Beagle, disaster. Jamal Williams, pretty good pick. D'Angelo Yancey, nothing. Aaron Jones, incredible for the 182nd pick. Uh, Kofi Amiche, I believe still on the team as a backup lineman. Devontae Mays and Malachi Dupree, nothing. So, I don't know. Like, you got... But, I mean, as great as Aaron Jones is... Well, no, hang on. 2017, like... That's going to forever be, no, I mean, if, if T.J. Watt becomes a Hall of Famer, that's going to go down as one of the worst Packer drafts of all time. The fact that you didn't draft a guy named Watt and you had the chance to it speaks volumes of how dumb you are. Um, Jason Spriggs, though, the Packers gave up three draft picks and to move up nine spots to select him. A disaster. Well, that's just rude. 291 snaps last year for Spriggs. He allowed two and a half sacks, 12 total pressures, and was penalized seven Times. I, I don't. I'm not smart enough to tell you what it is. Good God! Well, you know what that is, Evo. Um, what? In a perfect world, you'd, oh, you'd, draft you'd be develop. able to draft and develop and keep your own players. Sc- a scam draft. And we develop. spend a lot of time in the dark. It doesn't make us weird. Hey, guy drafted Aaron Rodgers. And the guys that were good, he traded off. Well, I mean, the shot. Ted Thompson was right though. The last. 
three to five the years. Marius Randall, was, bring Randall time. Definitely back. was in the dark, especially during draft uh, day. Yeah, uh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, so, Gavin, there you go. I'll let you decide. Obviously, 2015 is an absolute abomination of a draft. 2016, you'd have to give him an A at this point. Kenny Clark, Kyler Fackrell, Blake Martinez, Dean Lowry, good also Trevor Davis, and 17. Yeah, Aaron, getting Aaron Jones in the fifth round and Jamal Williams in the fourth round, pretty damn good. But it, I'm, you can't. I think the bad outweighs the good because you passed on a, a potential, definitely a Pro Bowler, dude. You know, I, I, right now trending to be a Hall of Famer in T.J. Watt as opposed to Kevin King, who's literally played Think four this, games though. in his career. So, uh, reader, give me a reader quick. Reader, reader, reader on Twitch says Randall Demarius Randall was garbage. No, Randall <laughs> when he was drafted, Randall was a safety. They drafted him and used him as a, out of position as a cornerback. Once they traded him for Deshaun Kaiser, who, by the way, Deshaun Kaiser is trash. He's, he's terrible. Once they traded Randall to the Browns, the Browns used him at the position that he was should have played, safety, and he was balling the F out. Demarius Randall, when used as his actual position as a safety, phenomenal player. People just didn't like him because he had an opinion. Well, you can go back even the year before 2015. You go back to 14, they have two, Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley. And the year before that, all they have left from a huge draft class, David Bakhtiari. But David Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, Corey Lindsley, that's can't get much better than that. Yeah, but those are three out of about 15 picks. Uh, Chad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Good morning, boys. What's good? What's good? What's happening, my man? Hey, that much. So I, for, for years now, since I've been calling in on, on this show, we've been talking about, and you guys bring it up usually a couple times a season, do you want that push-up front or do you want to have just a lockdown backfield? And I think we've been looking at this all wrong, particularly through the eyes of how you draft players. I think that we should be looking at it, and this is just me being a, you know, a nerdy business lawyer, but the cost-benefit analysis on, on both positions. And the, and the risk-reward. So the risk that you take versus the reward you get from drafting an edge rusher like, say, T.J. Watt versus moving down and the risk-reward in taking someone like Kevin King, wouldn't you rather take a risk because the reward is so much greater by getting an all-time edge rusher versus the risk of getting a corner that may be you know, flaky or can't play or doesn't know how to swivel his hips inside and out when, when backpedaling, things like that. The reward of getting someone up front that can pressure a quarterback is vastly, is, is vastly superior than that of having one shutdown corner because there's, there's a bunch of guys you can get that can cover, but there's very few guys that you can get that can distract and change a game up front like we saw Khalil Mack do without even knowing the damn yeah. playbook. Yeah, I, I'm more of an upfront guy, Chad. Um, I agree with you there. Hey, by the way, since I got my my uh, what you call it, nerdy business lawyer, well then I yeah I need you here because Quintez Cephas wants to come back to Wisconsin. So oh. from the lawyer perspective, is he doing this just so if he gets it back in, he can then file a lawsuit against the school, or do you think he truly wants to play? I.e., is there a legal proceeding like if he is going to file a lawsuit a discrimination you know suit against the university of wisconsin does he need to reimply to be a student to do that or could he not be a student and still be, be in line to sue or file a lawsuit against the university well there's, there's a couple of different issues you have there you have one can he not be a student and still play i i don't i don't think the ncaa would allow that their, no. their rule book is you know 
thicker than the World Book Encyclopedia collection. <laughs> um, the the second issue is whether or not he could if if he's willing to come back and play. If I'm the university and I'm the you know the general counsel up on on the hill there, I'm I'm saying he can come back with with the conditions that he indemnifies the the university and can't file suit. Uh, that, mm, that's that's interesting. Now now that that's that would be a they would have to do that, but it would be a douchey move. I, I and and I I can't imagine him, you know, catching passes being in the middle of a civil lawsuit. Me personally, I love my alma mater, and the university has to be better than than what they were in this situation. So I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, I mean he may just love it here, but if I were him, I would go to Iowa. And yeah, I'm stu- That's why I'm saying I'm stunned, Chad. Up. So that's why I'm to your point. I'm stunned that he's doing it. To well, me, I feel like this, they're going to say no, and then he's going to sue him. Well, that's my point. Is the cynic in me? He's doing this to set up a lawsuit, or do we have we just from day oh, one been got, wrong? He's and he he's just he, he's just he's a kid, and he wants to play football at Wisconsin. It could be that simple, but he's already got a suit. He doesn't have to do this to get one. Gotcha. Okay, like he's he's already in a in a pretty sweet position. Uh, the the thing that frustrates me is that we we have to get back into society where people are innocent until proven guilty oh. and and we're just not there yeah. we're jump we're doing the the jump to conclusions matt way too much yeah. and you gotta wonder truthfully um whether or not um this would have happened if this had been the quarterback yeah no i i, I hate to i hate to pull the race you have to say if, if he was white you know i mean it's it's a legitimate question man yeah, what have you gotten kicked out? I I doubt it. I, I'm just going to be honest. No, I, it, it, that's the world we live in, Chad. I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, it, you, it, look, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm an alumni here too, Chad. I love this university. But if they don't let him back in, whether it's lawsuit related or not, they are going to get crushed in the PR world. And I couldn't, I can't support it. If they don't let the guy back in, even if he doesn't want to play here, if he just wants to go to school or if he just wants to get in so he can transfer tomorrow, so get ready I to don't be care. Pissed. Get you better be let him back in. That's a terrible look. Get ready to if be mad. Wisconsin does not let him back into the university. I'm not going to give up. Currently, we have failed. I have tweeted at the governor, at the legislature, at my local politician. Nominated him for D-Bag of the Week. They won a D-Bag of the Week. Got him in the ultimate D-Bag bracket. Thought they were seated fairly at number two. Talking about the Wisconsin legislature for not legalizing sports gambling. We failed there because they were bounced in the uh, the Elite Eight. So couldn't even get them to the, fu- the futile four. Uh, the fight continues. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep riding these, as you call them, swamp goblins. You swamp goblins. Until the day comes that Losers. some, Paul, I don't care. And don't, don't give me your Democrat, Republican bull crap. This isn't a... I, and not everything in this country has to be political. My God, we want to politicize weather and cars and Dude. you name it. It's just this is not po- this is not political party. This is lame. We cannot. We, but I've, I've admit I've failed, Evo, that we have not yet got sports gambling legalized in Wisconsin. Iowa's got it now. Illinois Dude, got we're it. The only people trying. The swamp goblins downtown aren't doing anything. Yeah. We have our voice has to be louder. I, I admit, but. In the meantime, guy can only yell so much. This isn't the the best option, but at least it's an option I have found for us. Uh, I found this on Twitter last night and retweeted it at Action Zone Radio. Feel free to uh, jump on Action Zone Radio and give it a retweet. There is now a I I, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure this out. It's like your your stock trading yeah, weather basically. I'm to it out too. It's 
It's There's called a learning curve. Yeah, it's called CX Markets. And basically what you are is you're predicting the weather and they are paying you. I don't know how they're making money. Because um, yeah, I just got free $10. Right. So you, you start with a $10 trade, basically. So it's like if you have anyone's own stock. But you're, you're basically you're trading on like and you do it by your city. So like we're in Madison. I see Wausau on you here. Green I see Green Bay and Milwaukee. Right. You are basically Claire. San Antonio, Texas, Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, you name the city, it's on here. Um, it says select the cities to start your own prediction. So you don't have to be in Madison. Like I'm going to do it because it's where I live and I, the weather affects me. And you can predict things like current amount of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a heat wave coming? Obviously for Wisconsin with the weather can change on a dime. You know, it can go. I, I golfed last year in December and then two days later, it was 60 below, and I was dying. And you got like, snowed out in April. Right. And then we had a, a golf outing. We were supposed to play in April, and we got snowed out. So the weather can change instantly in Wisconsin. So my question is, look, and this is apparently legal in all 50 states, because, again, there's some loophole. It's like stock trading. Yeah, because it's like betting called trading. Right. But it's you're like you're betting on the weather. So my question is, obviously, I'd much rather bet on the Packers and the Badgers and the Brewers and the Bucks. Yeah, are you listening, than, Swamp Goblins? Than the weather. But Wisconsin, Ebo, is probably one of the, and I've lived in, I've taken residence in over a half dozen states. I think I've been to just about every state in, the, in America. I would say Wisconsin's weather is about as unpredictable as any state in the country. Would this be, would we be the worst state to sign up for this? Because, you know, look, if you're in Arizona, what what's what are you betting on? It's going to be a, how many days in a row? It's going to be a hundred degrees. Yep. Um. You know, if you're in Florida, what are you betting on? How many days in a row you're going to get rain during the hurricane season, which is coming up? If you're Those in are, Vegas, you could bet no, you know, very dry, very hot, but it's going to be raining money. <laughs> there you go, Nelsner. But in Wisconsin. Like we, the four, you and I were in it. Well, you got injured. I felt terrible for it. But we we started to play out. in a golf outing in June where it was so cold. I had to put the heater on in my car, and I literally was freezing because it was forty two degrees and raining at a golf outing in June. Yet you know the average Joe last year was the same time in June, mm-hmm. and it was one hundred and five degrees with the heat index. So. Look, I appreciate this, and uh, thanks for CX Markets for giving me 10 free bucks, and I'm glad I get to share this with everybody and make can have some fun with it. But would Wisconsin be like the worst state to try and make money on gambling on the weather because it's so unpredictable? Like, I don't know that. How, I don't how know would if you it's a good act- thing or a bad thing. Right. Or is it the best thing? And I'm still confused on, like, how to do There's a learning curve with there's this. There's definitely a learning curve. I'm trying to bet on Milwaukee's temperature right now. So I can bet 83 degrees. I don't, like, am I betting... And you got to buy contracts. So I can bet 100, 100 contracts. It's $2.50 per contract. So that'd be $250, obviously. But I don't want to spend $250. So I'm going to spend like $10. I'm confused by it, but I like the fact that we have an option to bet on something legally. Yeah. Are you listening, Swamp Goblins, you losers? I don't. I got free $10, so I'm going to try and figure it out and make a bet. I'm going right. to gamble on the weather. What? Call me gambler. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying if, so let's say. Nelson and I are going to figure it out. That's today. how they hook you, right? And it's like, you know, we we do a lot of sports gambling online partners. And, you know, everyone will give you, you know, a sign-up bonus, right? Deposit $40. We're going to match you $40. Because you're already, you think like you're winning. That's how they get you. Yep. So my question is, yeah, let's say you take this free $10 they gave you. And you accurately predict that, you know, it's going to get above 90 degrees in Milwaukee this weekend. And then you win your $10 back. Now are you going to be hooked? 
on gambling on the weather in Wisconsin, or are you going to be like, dude, have you the weather in Wisconsin? Hello, McFly. It can literally be 42 degrees one day and 90 the next day and neither surprise you. Or How can you accurately predict weather to try and make money on it in this bizarre state There's we those live in. two things. Or could you imagine coming home and your significant other is all of a sudden really invested in the weather, and then you realize they're betting on the weather? Do you automatically call the help hotline, the gambling help hotline? You're betting on the weather. And there's that, too. Like, I thought we needed to maybe step in when Nelson was gambling on WNBA. Would this be the equivalent of Nelson last summer being so starved for sports gambling that he was reduced to gambling on the WNBA? Nelson, what would you rather bet on, WNBA Nelson? or the weather? Ooh, Ooh goodness. good question. Or the AAF. <laughs> well, you can't. That's done. That's no longer. I think I would go with WNBA. Nelson, you bet on the WNBA, and the team you bet on scored four points in an entire quarter. Yeah, it sucked. But, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's at least a sport. But could you imagine? Okay, so I'm looking at some of these, these music tours here. Wiz Khalifa was in Denver, Colorado yesterday. I would be throwing money down that it would be cloudy in Denver, Real Colorado. Real easy. Real easy. Well, like when Snoop Dogg was at Summerfest, that'd be a different bet. Um, but Nelson, as far as you you study the trends, you like your research. Do you believe you go to the Farmer's Almanac? Do you, the do you, only time I ever really looked at the weather too, you know, intently was when I did concrete for a summer because I never knew if I was going to get a day off. Do you believe you could make <laughs> money in Wisconsin gambling? On, I'm not talking you. I'm just saying in general. Do you think it's possible to make money gambling on the weather in Wisconsin? You can make money. You can make money going to the slot machine. It's just you're getting really lucky. I think no. You can have trends and you can see the forecast coming up. And you, I wouldn't trust a freaking uh, weatherman around here. They're wrong all the time. So you can make money off of this thing. I'm gonna try and do it today. I'm gonna make some money off of it. Are you gonna? I got free ten um, bucks. I mean, it's te- is there? I still don't right. technically get it, but I'm learning. Um, I mean, it's 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 yeah. It sounds. I mean, again, it's. it's not I'd much I'd much rather get a free ten dollar bet on you know Green Bay in Chicago week one. But since we don't have that ability yet, I guess I'll settle for legally gambling on the weather so, in this state. We say good morning to our uh, sports director Zach Heilprin in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, good morning, Zach. Morning, guys. Actually, I'm actually in Madison. I'm away to practice this morning. Oh, you're a, you're well, just everywhere, bro. You, man, you you got some miles, my brother. Yep. Uh, well, let's start then. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll work backwards and we'll we'll, yep. we'll we'll wind up today. So let's start with yesterday. Right. Obviously, the topic of the Packer training camp yesterday was the Lafleur Rogers comments, and I get it, but it's like my God, Zach. Like the national media, like they just it's like flies on a rib roast. Oh, Rogers complaining again. Headline, headline. Like, do you think it's that big of a deal, or is this just you know people getting all worked up over a non-story? It's it's a non-story because the guy wasn't complaining about the joint practices themselves. He was complaining about the fact that he had such a good time and a lot of fun the first, what, eight, nine days of camp implementing a new offense with a whole bunch of new wrinkles. And uh, they was really excited about doing that stuff and was really interested in that and wanted to continue doing that. And the last two days, they haven't been able to do it because it's preseason. You don't want to show another team what you're working on for the regular season. So I think it was more that than – anything else. He he was having a good time working in Matt LaFleur's offense, learning it, building it, and for two days, they didn't get to do any of it. And so I think that's why he doesn't find value in it. I don't disagree either. I mean, um, I think there certainly is. I think defensively probably more so there, there's there's value to it. But 
offensively, if you're not running your stuff, if you're not having an opportunity to take all the allotted practices with a new scheme, that's I'd be upset too. So I understand where he's coming from, and I don't think it's a story whatsoever. It's not like he's disagreeing with Matt Lafleur. He's just sitting there saying, "I would, I want to run our offense, and we're not able to run it because." You know, we're not going to show anything in the preseason. So one thing, you know, people are saying Rogers not looking happy with it, but what you just said, is LaFleur happy with the offense? Because he was making some remarks that they have not been living up to, you know, expectations that the effort hasn't been there. What, what's the offense yeah, been looking he, like? Well, he's, up, he's upset about the tempo of the offense and whether, you know, it's not the effort during snaps. It's not, like, it's not an effort problem, you know, while the ball's in place, you know, Getting up to the line, getting set, getting because there's so many there's so many things that go on during the, on the line with the offense, all the shifts and the motions, all that stuff that you have to get up there and you have to have a little bit of urgency to it. And he's not seeing that the offense itself. I don't know why anybody would think that it was just going to hit the ground running and it was going to be perfect. And you know, I you know, tweeted out this comment yesterday, and half the responses were Bears fans about telling how telling everybody how they're going to you know Green Bay is going to come down there and get it handed to them and. Look at all and uh, all these issues, laughing at all these issues. It's day eleven of training camp of a new offense. I highly doubt that uh, last year Matt Nagy's offense is running on you know uh, at one hundred percent eleven days into camp. It's just not realistic. So I don't. I, I mean, I certainly the expectations for Green Bay, and I don't think they've changed. Like they don't change because they're struggling in offense, but the always expectation is everything's supposed to run smoothly and great when you have Aaron Rodgers quarterback. But he's going through a new system too. This is a new and you're going to have issues uh, like this you're going to have days like this I mean I thought the Friday night scrimmage was pretty darn impressive with the offense so um, you know or the family night so I I don't think it's that big of a deal uh, visiting with our sports director Zach Hoppert and now let's go to the, the practice you're covering today with Wisconsin Zach and obviously the, the storyline kind of the stunner uh, was that Quintez Cephas uh, says he wants to come back to Wisconsin and you know there's the, okay, is he just doing this to say, I want to transfer or to take the next step in what would be a potential lawsuit against the university? Uh, or is it just a kid that likes this pl- city, likes this university, likes his teammates, and just wants to go back to playing football? Like, what's your take on Cephas yeah. wanting to come back? Well, his attorney, I, I was in contact with his attorney yesterday, and they couldn't really comment past the uh, press release they put out about the, the fact that they are you know, uh, applying for reinstatement. But to me, I think this is the first step in getting his academic record back on uh, looking good. I, I know he talked and told a number of outlets after the verdict the other day that he was, um, you know, going to get his record cleaned up. And I think that this is the first step because I think it'd be a much, whether it's at Wisconsin or somewhere else, he needs to be in good academic standing. And right now he's not. So that would, to me, that's, this is the first step in that process, whether he actually wants to play at Wisconsin, um, I think, the, you know what, I don't know uh, Quintez uh, extremely well, um, but I know he stayed close with a bunch of players and know that uh, they showed him a ton of support, so I can understand why he'd want to play here. Whether that is reciprocated on Wisconsin's side, we don't know. Um, the question, obviously, for Paul Chris today will be, you know, if he is, in, if he is reinstated, is Wisconsin open to bringing him back? I doubt we'll get an answer out of him on that, but uh, based on all the support that he's getting from his teammates, I mean, it's, it would seem that he would want to play Wisconsin, but at the very least, I think it's just a matter of him trying to get his record uh, cleaned up and um, so that he can continue his career, whether it's Wisconsin or elsewhere. Yeah, hey, Zach, speaking of uh, Wisconsin, and another question is going to be who's going to be that quarterback, right, Mertz or Cohn? And I saw you tweeting out a couple days ago uh, that the number one offense, Jack Cohn, was impressing. And uh, Grant Mertz, 
um, I don't want to say struggling, but having a difficult time, you know, learning, I guess, fast. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say anything about you, you. You may just be inferring that from uh, <laughs> He so doesn't want to lose this bet. Because Zach. I'm not going to lose the bet. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I ever said Grant Mertz was struggling. Or yeah, I, like I injected um, that. You, you, yeah, what okay. you said was right. Jack Cohn looked very good. Yeah, I thought Jack Cohn was had a, had a good practice. Mertz did have one just horrible throw that was uh, picked off and returned for a touchdown. But hmm. you know that was day five of uh, of camp, and it was the last installation day. This is where they those first five days they're just installing the entire offense, and that was day five. And so I'm sure his head was swimming a bit. Today we'll get an opportunity. I know that you know talking to the quarterbacks coach John Budmeyer today. You know, the next two weeks, it's all about competition. We're just going to – we installed the offense, and now we're just going to go out and see, you know, what all these guys have. And so I think we'll get a little bit maybe clearer picture of where that uh, quarterback race stands. That said, I think it's pretty also clear that Jack Cohn has – is out five, ten yards ahead of the pack in terms of that starting job uh, as as we know it right now. Uh, visiting with our sports director, Zach Halpern. Uh, back uh, on the Cephas thing, Zach, and I know the UW, you know, they'll give you the boilerplate, you know, we can't comment, or when we suspended him or, you know, terminated him, you know, it was because, you know, that, that's a university policy. That being said, where in the world of public opinion and 15-minute news cycles, and we love to, you know, be critical of everything, do you think the UW is wary of that? And if they don't, put him back in uh, for a kid that was found not guilty, the the public outcry or the blowback, not only around these parts, but on a national scene, is going to be something they're they're not w- wanting to deal with? Of course, they don't want to be dealing with this at all. I mean, <laughs> this is not something that any university wants to deal with. But I think what the people have to remember is that he was not expelled because he was charged in criminal court. He was expelled because he was found in violation, uh, non-academic misconduct violation. And so the burden of proof in a criminal court is significantly higher than it is Title IX-wise. So we don't know exactly the reason why he was expelled. It's believed, obviously, to be about the sexual assault, alleged, uh, the alleged sexual assault, but it was never anything that was proven uh, or was never reported that way. So um, I, me personally, I think that he got a, a raw deal in terms of not being able to defend himself in that hearing because it would have affected his criminal court case. And that obviously took precedent. So I don't, nobody wants to find themselves in this situation. Uh, the UW certainly, but I also don't think they're going to worry about public pressure. Uh, if, if history is any indication, I, you know, um, Rebecca Blank, the chancellor is the one that'll make that decision, but, um, I don't think that they're going to bend to public pressure. I just, you know, it's, it's a matter of, um, you know what she what what they say, and I don't even know if it's a good be opinion. I think it's to be based on policies and rules that are that are in place. It may not even be an opinion. It may just be a decision that's based on uh, what they've seen. But again, I, the most important thing is to remember is that it was not he was not expelled because he was charged. He was expelled for um, based on an investigation that the UW did on their own. Uh, you know, you, you, really good stuff. I mean, and you've been in on this since the beginning, talking, you know, the lawyers, people at the UW. So, I mean, you, you've been in this since day one, Zach. What do you, what's your gut tell you? Do you think, whether it's this season or next or ever, do you, do you think we'll see Quintus Cephas wearing a Wisconsin uniform again in his career? If you would ask me this last week, I would have said no, but I thought that that would have had to do with him not wanting to be here. Um, and now I'm, I'm 50-50. I, again, I, I still don't think it's uh, – you know, an easy home run that they're going to um, reinstate him. 
uh, or, you know, allow him to allow him back into school uh, as unfair as I think a lot of people would find that to be. But uh, if he is, uh, you know, I think there's a chance that he could be. But I, I guess at this point I would say no. But, again, that's just a gut feeling and things are changing hourly, it seems like. Hey, for a wide receiver, though, when it comes to on the field, I want to end on a more positive note. How about that catch from Crookshank? Oh, oof! Yeah. That, that's OBJ Odell. There, yeah, huh? that's better than Odell Beckham's. The extension. I mean, that's the best catch I've ever seen, Zach. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And uh, who threw him that ball? Every <laughs> Jack Cohn. Huh? Okay. <laughs> a lot yeah, of, it was a lot of reports. It was, it was such an underthrown ball that Crookshank had to make this incredible catch to adjust Except his body. Except it wasn't underthrown it. because he cut over his head. Is that, uh, is that your $1,500 talking, Joe? <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, Ebo had to He's give like some... rooting so hard against well, Cohen, it's Ebo, getting sad. Ebo gave you some fake news on, you know, stuff you didn't report, so I got to be, I got to yeah. balance the, the scales here. <laughs> I got you. Yep. Uh, all seriousness, no, Crookshank, you know, recruited as a running back, you know, originally. Does, does, is he gonna, is he a wide receiver? I mean, I, Oh, he was recruited as a wide receiver. Was he? Yeah, he, he was a, he was recruited as a wide receiver. He actually played quarterback a little bit in high school, too. Um, obviously, you put your best athletes at, at quarterback in a lot of places. Wisconsin, um, the state of Wisconsin, high school football, that's certainly the case. He's a wide receiver. And look, I mean, that, that top four with Taylor and Crookshank and Pryor and um, Danny Davis, I like it. it. It's a good group. It didn't live up to what I think a lot of people were expecting, but I think a lot of that had to do with the quarterback play. And we'll see if that changes uh, this year. I know this. They did not go down the field very much last year at all. That's going to change this year. Uh, nice. From every, everybody that you talk to, they're going to they're going to throw the ball down the field, and it needs to happen because um, it just the, the offense was like within the first ten yards of the line of scrimmage the entire year, and that can't happen when you have a running back like Jonathan Taylor. Hey, uh, good stuff, uh, Thanks, Zach. Zach. And and you you know do you do your own reporting? Don't you know? Don't don't feel like you have to uh, you know follow any uh, agendas or anything. All right, oh, bud. Never, never. Thank you, pal. Thanks, Zach. See you, buddy. There he is. Uh, Follow him. Great follow on Twitter. He's all over the place, man. You want Badger coverage? Dude is plugged in when it comes to Badger football.